Welcome to the second episode of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. This is Ellen Wasselina speaking to you. And our second interview was with Stéphanie Chaltiel, founder and partner of Mud Architects in, based in Barcelona. This interview took place on January 19, 2021. And I'd just like to read you a brief bio of Stéphanie that she communicated to me. Stéphanie Chaltiel is a French art- architect and interior designer working with innovative techniques and natural materials offering unique designs for each project. She began her career in Mexico in French Guiana, building by hand with local dwellers' houses. After working for Bernard Chumi in New York, Omar and Zaha Hadid, she started her own practice. Her award-winning projects marrying cutting-edge technology and raw materials have won her numerous uh, awards, Acadia, MIT 2017, and the Deason Awards, which is the most recent one. Uh, She has presented and exhibited, of course, worldwide. She taught at SUTD Singapore, Westminster, London, AA London, Ravensbourne, and at the Architectural School of Brighton, and most recently at the Elisava Barcelona. She was also during four years a EU Marie Curie scholarship recipient when she developed the drone spray technology for sustainable architecture and refurbishments. So this is where we're going, what really we're going to talk about today was her drone or drone spray or her spray drone technology. Um, and I had a couple of questions for her about developing the technologies, her business model, how easy it is it to conduct research and also be a businesswoman and acquire client, clients. Um, and I hope you'll enjoy this interview because I think it's uh, somebody that I have met uh, a few years ago and I thought you might be interested in this bright young woman uh, innovating in sustainable architecture. Enjoy. Hello, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Ellen. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure to see you again. Remember, we met up in Lille, was it several years ago already, I think, right? Yeah, that was a really nice encounter, and I'm glad we kept in touch since then. Yes, I'm so glad, and I'm so glad you accepted my invitation uh, to join me today. And so I'm just going to introduce you, you know, because people, maybe they don't know you. And I'd like to just read uh, just a small bio that you sent me, if you don't mind. Sure. Thanks so much. Of course. So Stephanie Chartier is our guest today, and she's a French architect and interior designer working with innovative techniques and natural materials, offering unique designs for each product project. She began her career in Mexico in French Guiana building by hand with local dwellers' houses. After working for Bernard Choumi in New York, Omar and Zaha Hadid, she started her own practice or business. Uh, Her award-winning projects marrying cutting-edge technology and raw materials 
Acadia, MIT 2017, part of, sorry, just let somebody in, part of the Icon Design 100 Talents 2019, and the Deason Awards winner, highly commended mention, wow, whoa, <laughs> has been presented and exhibited worldwide. Um, uh, uh, sorry, she taught at SUTD Singapore, Westminster, London, AA London, Ravensburn, London, and at the Architectural School of Brighton, and more recently at Edisava, Barcelona. She was also during four years a EU Marie Curie scholarship recipient when she developed the drone spray technology for sustainable architecture and refurbishments. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Helen. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for those that are here. We see we have a few guests already that have arrived. Welcome, bonjour. All right, so we're gonna go get right into it because Stephanie has some really interesting technologies and I have tons of questions for her. So we'll just start with the questions. Stephanie, why did you develop this new drone spray technology? And I'm gonna, there's several parts to my question. What are the origins of it? Did you see a need for it through your work, clients' needs, or the industry in general? Yeah, um, I mean, we started developing the drone spray technology uh, as very kind of uh, down to earth and straightforward and looking at very simple parameters. So uh, just very simply how to quote, how to, uh, you know, refurbish a wall without the need for a scaffolding, including complex geometries. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I think it is a lot about the idea of um, combining immediately available technologies that are not linked together yet uh, in the construction industry. Of course, the, the, the automate, the, how you say, the car <laughs> industry has been for so many sure. years really uh, ruled by the robotics. Um, yes. You know, I mean, the, the world of robotics is so uh, fascinating. I mean, the, the especially when it's combined with artificial intelligence and you know this robot is able to pick uh, such items such tool to be able to do such task um, and whereas it's very very developed uh, in the car industry it is not so developed in the construction industry construction industry it is very very slow uh, to move as uh, many of us know because there are so many different actors that are involved um, and so uh, it really came, I have a background in raw earth architecture uh, because I'm from Grenoble in France originally where there is a okay. laboratory oh. that is called Crater UNESCO. And so since that. I'm 18 years old, I'm uh, kind of emerged in that environment of uh, people who are traveling around. That explains and, something. <laughs> that explains something. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I've been uh, particularly working with someone who is called Wilfredo Carasas, who is a world expert okay. in earth architecture and the okay. founder, one of the founders of Crater, who is Patrice de Watt, who has been really uh, helping shape my 
past in a way, my background. And um, wow. the idea of the drone spray as well uh, is to revisit certain um, technologies linked with raw earth architecture. So uh, one is called water and dough. So you have a water that is a support, for example, uh, braided branches or, you know, something that is quite light easily edificable and then you have that quoting of different layers of the flesh of the of the building uh, and we've been experimenting with kind of revisiting principles of water and dope uh, in many different kind of academic workshops investigation researches and you know uh, because we're working fabric as formwork and we are therefore quite free in terms of the geometries we can achieve. Uh, very quickly, the idea of being able to quote and to spray uh, those foam works with a drone uh, became very obvious just for a need, a very simple need is I don't want to build a skateboarding and I want to do it fast. And uh, I, want it, I want to be able to, um, to control what I'm spraying. So yeah, this is a bit of the origins of it. That's fantastic. So, of course, the second question leads right into how is this technology more ecological? You started to explain it a little bit in your in your first answer. Um, then those currently on the marketplace and what makes it so and what qualities, criteria and norms define it? Yeah, uh, so I think um, what makes it more ecological than what is currently available in the construction market, especially in terms of shotcrete, because we are very close to a technique that is called shotcrete, that is a projection of concrete onto, for example, preformed rebars. Um, and that's a fact that is light so you know you can uh, the, the drone can uh, fit into two pieces of luggages it can be shipped anywhere um it is a, it is a technology you awesome. can be trained in about two weeks to become a pilot uh and to be able to handle this uh machine uh the drone sure. so uh the lightness of it the fact that it is able to be like shipped uh, anywhere in the world, really, and even in that, that must be wonderful. Kind of a river, or you know, on roads that are not built yet. Uh, so this this is this aspect of the easiness of the access. And then uh, one aspect that we are particularly keen on developing, and for this we really need the help and the uh, cooperation with academics, is the artificial intelligence that is um, embedded in the whole system. So, for example, if you take earth architecture, um, it is a technique that, uh, or many techniques that are related to that material that not so many people know how to do and how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and it is expensive because you need really like it, that knowledge is rare and expensive. But if you include some kind of uh, artificial intelligence in it, so you know how long it needs to dry for, you can check that your mix is correct wow. because the whole technology relies on the succession of uh, layers. So each layer has different ingredient and each layer needs to have its drying time, for example, that is respected. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of having years and years of experience, um, you can as well kind of program uh, those machines and kind of help you uh, check that you, what you're doing is correct and that the succession of, of steps that need to be taken are respected. So, so wow. the hope really is that uh, the, the, the drone spray technology and all those that are related to artificial intelligence in a certain automation of the tasks um, 
can help bring more sustainable uh, materials in the market by making their wow. use more user friendly in the sense that you don't need to have to be a master builder, let's say, to to use them. Sure. That's so interesting because I, I know we're going to go and dig a little bit deeper, but for now, if I can ask, what kind of clients do you have? Yeah, I mean, we have um, those past two years, let's say, so the company Murder Architects is only two years old uh, before I was still under the funding of Marie Curie for four or five years. Um, and uh, recently it has uh, brought a lot of interest. So a lot of people asking us quotes uh, for different categories of jobs. Uh, for example, for refurbishments of facades, because we did that uh, project in Belgium, um, where we were about that. In, um, yeah, I think, you, I think you have some slides, maybe. Yeah, maybe you have some slides that you wanted to show us, or a video. I think you had. Yeah, to put a little bit of uh, graphics behind all those ideas that yeah. may look quite uh, new for some of us. Yes. Yes. So this was um, last year, just a year ago, really, we did a little project in uh, Brussels, in the very city center of Brussels. And our goal was mm -hmm. really to prove as well that um, those technologies can be used in city centers. Uh, how to do so is to work within a netted space. So nets are light, easy to fix to the to the building, and then we can create that kind of huge cage, let's say, uh, where the aviation laws are therefore okay with us doing this because it's considered to be an interior. Uh, so really, it could be done in any city center with working within net, a netted space. So uh, going back to to your question about who are our clients. Uh, yeah. People are more and more interested for facade refurbishments, um, but as well, for example, for vertical gardens that are one of the main um, kind of industry that are that want to subcontract us uh, to do jobs such as cleaning the vertical garden uh, because the leaves need to be wow. like um, sprayed with water gently, you know, otherwise it would damage yes. uh, vegetation. Uh, and when you take a, a vertical garden that is 30 meters tall. You can imagine how uh, much easier it is to clean it with a drone rather than to do the whole scape all day. I, I can imagine. Yeah. So uh, those are the two main categories. And then uh, we are for many months now in conversation for a very big project that I can't uh, reveal, but uh, that's uh, the country is very focused on um, raw earth architecture. They have a tradition of raw earth architecture. And they are building a kind of a new city. Oh. Uh, and they are very interested to use the drone spray technology uh, to actually do the quoting so that it looks like it's done by hand. But of course, when you have like, you know, I don't wow. know, 20,000 buildings to do, you might as well do it with a machine. <laughs> well, as yeah. well for the timing. Yeah, I can imagine. Otherwise, otherwise it's, it's labor intensive too, isn't it? Probably dangerous labor intensive and then it means as well that uh, you have the whole city covered with scaffoldings so it's as well for inhabitants let's say who can start like really using their new city beforehand or you know not to have the whole city with scaffoldings. Uh, what else uh, so vertical gardens uh, facade refurbishment um, as well, you know, we can spray insulation materials. So whether it's foam or whether they are more like fibers, 
and and so instead of having bespoke panels, uh, insulation panels, mm -hmm. we can directly uh, spray the insulation material with a drone. So this is what as well uh, that includes some of people who are asking us some quotes at the moment. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, you know, which leads me to my next question because you know. Uh, the, these questions are important. Um, what, what is your business model? Because I'm, I'm seeing you doing different things. How do you, what, what is your business model? How do you operate your business as a woman entrepreneur? Yeah, uh, so at the moment we are not um, uh, approached by other companies. So for example, uh, the vertical gardens companies are well established uh, vertical gardens companies and they're gonna subcontractors mm -hmm. um, either too so that's something i will uh, i would like to speak to you about today if that's okay that is a new technology sure. that we're trying to uh, develop together with um, the vertical garden company that instead of having the the usual uh, system that is pvc uh, to isolate the facade and then we have that double membrane of felt uh, to place the seeds yes. by hand. We are trying to use the drone spray technology to spray the seeds directly embedded in the mortar. Um, so wow. we are working a lot on, as subcontractors. Uh, so it's more like a business to business model. Um, of course, we would love to have a more business to consumer to end customer uh, model, but this is a little bit harder uh, to get to because the technology is still too okay. new uh, and therefore okay. uh, you know people are probably more um, would go for more established architects let's say uh, uh, and, and perhaps as well some people are a little bit scared about technology that is too new right so maybe yeah they're not familiar with it and thus maybe don't understand it or um, it, it's hard isn't it building up a business I mean um, and this leads me to my next question, Stephanie. Is it easy for you to do research and work on commercial projects? Because you mentioned your research and in your bio, I mentioned it as well. And how are they related, if at all? And do your clients need push you to perfect, push forward in the research? Or is it the other way around? Is it, do you invent something based on your research and then sell it? Push or pull, I guess is my question. That's a very interesting question, Elena. Thanks for, <laughs> for asking this. Sure, sure. Um, you know, like the, the business, we also do very um, more conventional buildings, I would say, especially since the pandemic. Uh, we've been having actually a lot of demand for, you know, people building their office in the garden. A lot of people want to place money in their in their houses so really a lot of people yes, build houses from scratch i have to say and as much as as we can we always use uh, locally sourced material as sustainable as it can be and we use a lot That's of great. digital fabrication uh so for example we make like you know a lot of bespoke um uh, bookshelves or interiors that usually would cost a fortune uh, but because we're using uh, digital fabrication at the scale of architecture, we can make it more affordable. So I would think that uh, as well, those kind of more um, approachable projects, right, of uh, houses, of quality houses, uh, sustainable houses, uh, help as well maintain the business that is more uh, on the innovative side. Uh, because the drone project, the drone spray projects are much bigger scale. 
Yes. And uh, it will be, they will be developed on a, a longer time frame. A house would take six months, one sure. year, the maximum to build. But the drone spray projects sure. involve a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of team members and lots of actors because, of course, it makes more sense to use the drone spray technology for large projects. Sure. Of course, of course. All right, that's good. And, we're, we're getting to know a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, about uh, your push and pull um, idea as well. So I guess at the beginning, uh, the project was really pushed by the research. Uh, you know, it was kind of very academic, uh, would participate to a lot of uh, scientific conferences, and we would write a lot. And by writing a lot, we discover new things. So it was kind of still embedded in a, a bit of a lab uh, environment. Um, and I had the very, very strong will, especially now with my colleagues from MUD, uh, to bring those more research-based uh, technology into uh, construction. Because actually, they, they may look that they are uh, new, but in reality, they already work and they already can be used on site. Uh, so therefore, as we see the, the immediate use for them. And uh, so at the beginning, it was more uh, the research would start uh, creating the project. And now it is really the other way around that people are approaching us. And for example, uh, the, 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 the cleaning of the vertical gardens really came from a demand. Uh, so now we are kind of developing the technology so we can respond to those, to those uh, demands. That, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. How, same with, how... um, the same with the sailing coating. So, for example, now the new drone that has been developed with the team of Sophia Lafarge in Saint-Falil, together with Mert, is, yes. um, it has a hole. The drone has a hole in the middle, so we can pass the, the hose and we can actually spray sailings as well. And this really came from a very specific client's demand. So we're really guided by the, by the client's needs, yeah. Okay, so it's more the client's needs than than you wanting to offer something. So it's more of a pull than a push, I guess. At the moment, right? yes. Yes. That's good. Well, there's different stages in a business. So, um, you know, as you know, I have a long experience in business, but I just wanted to get, you know, and start, try to get you to think about, uh, you know, some of those concepts that maybe and, and explain how you as a, a woman entrepreneur have developed your business. But let's go on. So the next question I think is key. How easy is it for you to be an architect? And at the same time, bring new techniques to the marketplace. You sort of touched on this uh, a little bit earlier to your clients and to the industry. Are you trying to make, what, what, is, your, what is your career objective as an architect? Uh, I'm sure you want to leave your mark on the industry, Stephanie. <laughs> well, as architects, <laughs> it is true that we, we like to design with the technology that we are creating. Uh, so at the moment, it is not quite yet together because uh, for the drone spray technology, we are more subcontracted for other industries, for other companies. So for example, the short grid company, for example, there's a project I forgot to mention, but um, some luxurious um, villas, you know, that has that use short grid. So they have a very organic, a bit zahahatic kind of shape. Uh, and instead of, um, of paying a fortune of manual work, with uh, builders who would need to climb and pour uh, the material or spray on the shoulder, uh, they see the advantage of using the, the drone spray technology uh, as opposed to the, the current method. Um, 
but at the moment, uh, uh, we really do a lot of projects that are really exciting architecture-wise. And it's kind of separated still from the subcontracting that we are doing with the drone spray that at the moment is, is mostly for vertical gardens or facade refurbishments. It'd okay. be nice to bring it all together in that. Uh, so if you see well. the oh, as well, the, the, the poster that you kindly did for uh, for the interview, the, that project yes. is a research project uh, commissioned by Singapore, uh, where we are trying to kind of uh, combine the different technology, the different drone spray technology that we have available at the moment uh, to be able to create mm -hmm. this new kind of urban uh, buildings where people can access directly the vertical gardens, uh, you know, grow their vegetables, their plants, and then with the idea as well of using the roofs uh, to, to, to create mini forests, as is a very hot theme in uh, Paris at the moment. My goodness, yeah, that's so exciting. I mean, because, you know, as we are living more confined, right? Uh, we're having a great need, and I know the Urban Garden started, and even when I was Director of Environment back in 2008, we were starting to think about how we can bring more food or uh, food substance or sources close, for example, by bringing these uh, gardens, the AMAP gardens, to support our peasants around the cities and bring them in and create gardens. You know, so this started way back, you know, several, almost 12 years ago, what we started doing then. So it's very good to see that this is moving as we cities become, as you know, 70% of people will live in cities by, I think it's 2000, I don't want to say 30, that seems too close, maybe 2035. Um, so we're going to have to find solutions of bringing food uh, and greening our cities, as I think the Mairie de Paris has done already. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and try to green the cities and make them more inhabitable and then bring the food sources with vertical gardens. You've seen those, right? These big, huge buildings that they grow mm -hmm. food inside, uh, which is probably something that, you know, uh, should be done because the weather patterns and climate change are going to change the way we grow and produce food. But let's get back on our topic of government policies. How can, what kind of government policies can be helpful to support your work or to support this type of technology that we're talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no matter how great is the idea, um, no matter how much you may work on a topic, uh, if you don't have the support uh, of the politics and you don't have the common work with the politics to make it happen in our cities, it will actually never happen. Uh, so, uh, from my team, but as well from all the different people with whom we work, as you can imagine, the team is highly multidisciplinary uh, to make this kind of technologies work on site. Uh, so we're kind of a huge team. And um, we really feel that um, that would be so wonderful if politics would actually perhaps uh, give it a bit more uh, space to those new technologies and those young firms like startups that we are. Um, perhaps do association with more established architecture firms, because you know, it feels like those big competitions to create that new museum, that new uh, uh, building or new housing, always go to the, <laughs> I don't want to sound bitter, but I mean, sure. it goes to the same people. No, but- uh, Just because I they understand. are used to them and they have the, you know, the, the, uh, the presence that they need and uh, they, they, they are reinsured, let's say. So 
if they could, from the politics side, do some association with uh, targeting some new technologies that they may take and they might have seen somewhere, and they try to make it happen to that these young startups would work with bigger firms. I think that could way that could be a way forward uh, to bring more sustainable supporting, supporting entrepreneurs like yourself and the fact that uh, your technology brings in a whole new realm of of uh, you know urban living and design and facility like uh, you have your drone here and still in the picture i mean it's fantastic what we've seen on the film it sh there should be uh, applications there that would be very interesting for um, these uh, more traditional shall we say uh, architectural businesses but let's let's go on so which brings us to the next one i think you just touched on it talk to us about the market entry and the competitors this is the business side of this this uh, conversation and do you have an absolute advantage in the market now, Stephanie, with your technology? And how difficult or challenging is it for you to introduce new technologies? You just sort of touched on that as well. And, and the difficulties you encountered, you sort of already led into that. Why don't you tell us about, do you have any competitors? Yeah, that's a, again a very interesting question because at the moment, um, so basically when we started, there were absolutely no competitors and in fact people were saying we're crazy, clearly, right? I mean, it was like, what, what are they doing with the drone spraying mud, you know, it's... Uh, um, <laughs> but actually, uh, since the past year, now uh, not a lot, but some people, for example, from ETH, uh, Zurich, uh, have started to, to, to test it as well. Uh, not with mortar. Oh, that's uh, yes, absolutely. That's great. Um, Good for you. Yeah, I mean, so they are trying to do their own, let's say. Uh, so there was a press article saying if uh, those guys from MED and those guys from Zurich would join forces, it would as well help ah. the technology go faster. Uh, so why not? <laughs> Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in terms of competitors, uh, you know, it is a very difficult one because um, at the moment we are offering a service. So if people are asking us to subcontract us to do a vertical, to clean a vertical garden, to, to give a simple example, uh, we're going to go with our team. Uh, now, for the project that I was mentioning that is confidential, that is a huge city, yes. to quote everything, or the building with uh, raw yes. earth, uh, it would be much better to sell a license and to teach people to, so they can use them. And, they, and we don't need to like send a huge team there. License your technology. Exactly. So we are looking at licensing the technology. That's we've good. Been we've been looking at uh, patenting, of course, but the patenting as you know, it's very expensive. It is very uh, lengthy. Long, and somehow for a startup, it is not the priority. Uh, sure. And, uh, and you know, the patent is, is a difficult one because, I mean, someone may have uh, almost the same drone, <laughs> may have like I a know. few like centimeters less, <laughs> and then they I can know. use the same technology. Yeah. So we would have wasted our exactly. time and money for uh, three years at yeah. least of developing the patent. But what we, yeah. we learned with uh, patent expert is that we may as well try to patent a very small aspect of uh, that technology. So for example, okay. the articulation that connects the hose to the drone, that is going to be a very specific one because wow, we want really? to be able to change the angle 
So for example, we can program that the drone at this uh, area of the facade is gonna project at 45 degrees, but on the top of the facade is gonna project at 20 degrees and all this can be programmed. Um, oh my goodness. So this is one part wow, really that we, we aim at patenting. That's terrific. <laughs> so we're almost coming to the end of our conversation, how time has flown. Um, and so I guess you've already sort of mentioned it, if you can give us, you know, you showed us a video. Uh, can you maybe go through your slides and show us some projects that you've done or something very specific that you have in the works with, without, of course, it not being confidential that you cannot share with us, but maybe show us your slides, maybe what you have up here and uh, show our, our, our guests a little bit what, what kind of work you do, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Just to close up and then we'll open up for questions. Uh, we're at the 45 minute mark, which is pretty good. Maybe if I could, if I could ask you, yeah, if you could run the film again, I think there's some people that have joined that maybe haven't seen it, if you wouldn't mind. And tell us a bit more about the drone, the size of the drone, which I was quite surprised to hear of the size, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so we're back to that project in Belgium. Uh, so it's okay. a city center and we worked within a netted space for the new audience uh, and the drone is huge so you need to imagine that it's a two meters when the wings are deployed uh, so uh, for example context where it wouldn't work are very narrow traditional streets of you know one meter and a half the drone doesn't even pass <laughs> so somehow as well <laughs> it has its limitations it is for a mm. bigger bigger kind of context um, sure. So I, I put it this example of uh, the London uh, Hotel is one of the uh, bigger, the largest uh, vertical garden that we can find in Europe. Uh, just to show you okay. that usually it is very manual work and very highly skilled, you know, climbers. Um, and he, he, there's a lot of, uh, of the work that we are doing with the drone technology that is not only for spraying, but for surveying. So to give us back maps uh, of those vertical gardens facades and detect a bit like uh, precision agriculture, but in vertical and at a smaller scale, uh, which mm -hmm. species are doing well, which ones are not doing not, not, not so well, detect uh, diseases, typical diseases of the plants uh, way in advance so that we can treat them. Typically, the, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how you, those little white spots that can appear so that they are easily right. detected with uh, Im uh, image-based uh, artificial intelligence. And so you imagine that instead of having the climbers, you can have the drone that is programmed in function of the map that you have had from your drone scanner. Uh, to actually go and spray and uh, and make the vegetation healthy where it's needed. So it is a selective uh, kind of um, of spraying and a, a selective kind of uh, giving the nutrients to the species where they need it, as opposed to spray the whole facade, for example. I see. That's good. So. Um, one aspect that we are as well very interested in are the spontaneous uh, vegetations that uh, may appear on the facade. So this is, uh, you know, like what the, the, the master of the, the vertical gardens in the world is uh, the French botanist uh, Patrick Blanc. Uh, so very good, but it is very much like uh, in our view anyway from a dark text. Uh, it is really like a, a painter. It is a, a very uh, uh, an art, um, but we are very interested that actually the facade becomes more like a like a like a clearing, like something that 
uh, an element of the city that can host as well spontaneous vegetation and how do we deal with the uh, with the spontaneous vegetation and manicure it just as much as the one that has been planned uh, so this yeah. is the project that we are doing for Singapore. That at the moment it is more of a research uh, base and kind yeah. of um, ideas. Uh, and so really the idea that I want to live there, Stephanie. <laughs> Fantastic. I want to live there. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Beautiful. Here we have those vertical gardens are created and manicured uh, by drones. So both the spraying of the seeds and as well the taking care of the vertical gardens over the years, uh, with the idea of having the the, the, the urban forests that became of uh, Bill of Paris, yes. um, with the idea of using the the, the, the space of the in between, like places uh, in cities that are not, that are not used. So roof, many roofs are not used, but could host as well vegetation That's and very true. wide vegetation. Uh, yes. So how how do we create those facades? Is as well thinking of the plants as a proper uh, building material, really. So we uh, give ourselves 10 different main morphologies of the plants and it helps us placing them onto the facade. Um, same with the color gradient, you know, some plants are more like almost Bordeaux, some very dark green, some very clear green. Um, Mm. Then the maximum heights that they might uh, join when they are at uh, might reach sorry, when they are adult size, and then the triant requirements. That is a very big topic because um, at the moment, usual uh, most of the vertical gardens that are being built in our cities in Europe, at least that I know, uh, the water is, is water that can be uh, is drinkable water. And as well, it's poured from the top of the facade, and therefore there's no distinction whether the species needs a lot of water or the species actually doesn't need that much water. So it is really about more uh, selection, selecting which species needs uh, which nutrients or which amount of water. Sure. And uh, that little collage that is Singapore again, that just to show that how Singapore has already started using the in-between and the places that are not used, like the underground, the underneath, the underface of uh, highway bridges that are extremely, you know, concrete based and why not to use them to create gardens, especially with ava immediately available technology that we have with a drone spray. Uh, the drone spray, by the way, is used a lot for the for, for at least ten years, I think, in agriculture. So there's nothing really? so new. It's just that it's not used yet. It's just the application. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just using it, like you said, in a different, innovative way. I think that's it's fabulous. It's fabulous. It is there. <laughs> we can really. Uh... <laughs> Oh, wow. So I'm using it. And this is a work from um, Svenja Kuhn, who is a ger uh, German designer with who I love working, uh, who developed those weaved um, textile to host the vegetation as well. So there are many other ways and the current one that is PVC and double uh, felt membrane to think about growing vegetation that is lighter more ecological, can be used uh, in many different contexts as opposed to just you know key uh, buildings such as Quai Branly for example uh, okay sure, for home sure. in Madrid and I show you that little submission that we did recently for the London Design Biennale that they did 
it is so cool that it was called Age of Crisis. And uh, we just wanted to highlight. So this is a project we did together with Ella, who are based as well in Singapore. As you see, we are very much <laughs> yeah. in court there. That's great. You found a good partner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there, there, there are things like Ella developed um, bespoke joints that are really uh, carefully uh, calculated and they use bamboo structures sure. and we developed 3D knitting technology combined with uh, the drone spray to, to grow vegetation. Fantastic. So if we create and combine all those technology together, we would like to propose some pop-up uh, gardens, of course. Um, there would be many laws and there those buildings in Paris probably wouldn't be uh, able to host it so easily. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm sure there are some oh, look at that. where we can actually look use them, again the in between of their you know, if you take the big bars in Paris, like the big towers in the suburbs of Paris, there are so many roofs uh, and uh, in between buildings that are not used. Uh, we, are, we are quite convinced that uh, pop-up gardens would really help, especially in terms of prices, as Akkol was mentioning. And of in course. terms of pandemic, where uh, if people don't have a green space, they do suffer about the lack of, uh, you know, green, really. It's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank I know so we, much, I, we have our audience. Oh, well, thank you. That was just fascinating. Let's see if you want to shut your screen down then, uh, and then yeah. we can take some questions. I'm sure we have some questions. We have so many people here with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we open now the forum for questions for Stephanie. No questions? Come on. Brad, good to see you. You have a question? Likewise, appreciate that. So, and and uh, I was curious to see um, how the applications have taken place uh, in the United States and some of the metros. Uh, Houston, I'm sorry, you know, Houston for Texas, but Chicago, New York, yes. and so on. Excellent. So good of you to join us. Yes, I thought, and I'm so glad you had the time to join us. Thanks so much, Brad. Thank you. Dominique, vous avez une question. Bonjour, Dominique. Bonjour. <laughs> Merci de, de nous joindre. Je vous en prie. J'avais déjà vu, uh, en fait, une... Oui. I've already Allez seen uh, a presentation of the amazing work of this amazing work at the seminar organized by uh, Zuber, Professor Zuber Lafange. Um, oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's so good of you to join us. Thank you yes. so much. Yes. And uh, congratulations oh. as well, uh, Dominic, for your article that you wrote with uh, Zuber that I really enjoyed about, uh, as well it was about the, the car, the how robotics in the car industry. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> thank <excellent>. you <laughs> thank you thank you for joining us yes. any questions we take questions in english and french don't be shy um i have one question what is the main uh, limitation uh today that you are facing for the development of uh, of this uh, technology is it uh, the lack of um, 
of um, knowledge or um, or something else? Um, the limitation, I guess, has, have uh, still to do with uh, the novelty of the system. Yes. Uh, so. Um, as I mentioned, it is really at the moment the mo uh, mo most clients we have are actually uh, hiring us as subcontractor to mm -hmm. uh, to do certain tasks, kind of really straightforward tasks, as opposed to be able to really design and really create architecture as we would like. Um, the one of the limitations that have been lifted with the new drone uh, that uh, Centralil uh, has uh, now is in possession. Um, is uh, the fact that it is uh, the drone that you see on the videos that I showed today uh, used to be extremely hard to pilot. So you needed to have a highly skilled pilots, uh, the equivalent of a plane pilot to be on site. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can imagine that therefore it's very expensive. So um, of course we the gain of time is uh, very significant because uh, I give you uh, an order of idea uh, 500 meters square facade uh, it's uh, quoted in 20 minutes it is very very fast uh, but if you need to have uh, the equivalent of a plane pilot on site it is not necessarily less expensive than to have a scaffolding so uh, this is a limitation that we have lifted by the new uh, machine, the new drone, that uh, can be learned how to pilot in uh, two weeks, in between five mm -hmm. days to two weeks. It depends on mm -hmm. the person, as you know, it's a bit like the, the, the driving license for the car. It uh, depends on the person, yeah. but I mean, it is uh, in a matter of months, let's say it is uh, easy to learn. Uh, so we are very happy about this because it means that we can be much more um, not only competitive in the market, but as well able to perhaps be involved in more um, emergency, you know, uh, projects. That's how we started actually with um, the first projects we did in London that was commissioned by the City of London that we did in South Bank uh, was kind of a demonstrator of a, of a very quick shelter, how to do like a minimum shelter that looks robust and better than a tent. Um, so we are as well keen to be involved in um, kind of more emergency housing uh, projects. So it means that mm -hmm. the persons can uh, learn how to fly the drones in a matter of weeks it means that as well we can be more of a help uh, in difficult uh, context. Mm -hmm. That's great. I, I can see myself a lot of applications too with, you know, um, you know, when you have to like refugee camps or uh, that's just one application. I think that something could be set up very quickly with your uh, yeah. one of your structures, right? It's light, sure. it's lightweight, it's sustainable. Um, I think those are great examples, or one example anyway, of your tech, use of your technology. Thank you so much, Dominique. Any other questions? French or English? We'll take both. <laughs> All right. All right, Stephanie, do you want, do you want to have the last word? 
thank you so much. I mean, I really appreciate the people who connected as well today. I recognize Kelly. Thank you so much for connecting. And I'm sorry we couldn't do the, the project in New York, but hopefully we'll, we'll be able to do it uh, when the situation is better. We were supposed to work with Kelly for a project in Times Square in New York oh, to okay. highlight the 3D knitting, oh. the 3D knitting um, technology. But all those events have been oh. canceled for us, especially in Europe, as we can't travel easily. Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, all of you, for joining us. I want to thank Stephanie again for joining thank you so much, me. Helen. And uh, thank you. And uh, maybe we'll be able to do another conversation again as things go on and check in on you and see how you're doing. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody, thank for joining thank us. Thank you. Bye bye. Merci beaucoup. Bye. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs>